Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, speaker, and co-founder of EMC2 Learning, the greatest community of educators around. Seriously, folks, let's give it up for you, EMC2 engagement engineers. So many great things. I met a lot of people this week when I went and presented both in the Maryland area as well as the Chicago land area at IdeaCon. So excited to connect with other educators, get excited about learning and about doing things a little differently. And that ties into today's episode. We are talking about open world games. Now, open world is, well, it's this idea that it's way bigger. It's not linear. You're not on level one. You can kind of go anywhere. And we want to, I kind of want to just explore this with you guys today on the podcast and see what we could tease out and use maybe in our classroom. So let's dive right into this idea, this concept of open world and gaming. So video games back in the day, back when I was young, right, on the Atari and the television, right, you had things like Pitfall. Pitfall was not open world. You are clearly just sort of side-scrolling and you're in level one and level two. Lots of, when you moved into the Nintendo, when that first came out, Mario, not open world. You're on level world 1-1, right? And you go to 1-2 and eventually get to 2-1, right? But it's it's very linear. Um, but as Nintendo started to build out and, and explore what video games could do, we started to get into a little more open world design. So Mario, when you get all the way up to like Mario 2s and 3s, you start to see that you have sort of options to sort of move around. It was still linear of sorts though. Like there isn't really too many times you'd want to go back to level 2, but you could. Uh, and then came one of my personal favorites, and you've heard me talk about it here on this podcast. Zelda came out, and this was amazing right? There was just a giant map and you started and you're this little green dude called Link and you could kind of go up or to the left or to the right. So it wasn't side scrolling. That was a little eye opener. It was more of this top down view. And then there was this little black box, which turns out to be kind of a door and you kind of climb down and you get your first item. And thus the story begins. And Let's break down a little bit of Zelda or a little bit about just open world in general. This begins to sort of excite our mind. How deep and how wide is this game? What is all available to us? And so you immediately come back up those stairs with the sword and you start seeing what you can do. You start to meet some characters you don't know. Like are these good guys or these bad guys? Should we collect them? find out pretty quick these are bad guys they bump into you these is guys with this little snout and they shoot out these kind of balls at you and so you start using your sword and you realize that ooh, some of them drop coins don't know what coins are for yet but you're just exploring and you start to explore that map and things start to look similar you know there's these green trees green walls boom, boom, boom. and then eventually you bump into either the desert or you bump into kind of this dead trees area right and then you start to see more of these little black boxes. So you go explore them. And right, you just, you're captivated by the overwhelming size. And here they definitely have, quote unquote, I'm doing air quotes here, levels that you compete in, but it's not linear. I could have stumbled into, you know, the eighth level, 
little doorway. And it'll say you're in like the eighth castle or something. And you get your butt walloped because you're not ready, right? You don't have the equipment. You haven't unlocked enough hearts. You haven't unlocked enough powerful weapons because I'm just sitting here with this like wooden toy. And so then you kind of get out of there and you start exploring and you find different levels. And you could possibly beat, you know, Castle 2 before Castle 1. So it wasn't like a fake nonlinear. Like you could do this nonlinear for sure. But you probably were incentivized to do it in order. But again, open world. And this brings me to my other thing. These open world games offer more exploration. And so in our classes, I want to offer more exploration, more options. And I would say that we can kind of do that with something you've heard me talk about is side quests, these optional tasks. Uh, the, the last podcast, Good for the Goose, Good for the Goose, uh, was a great one where we kind of d discussed how we got to get away from this idea of building something for everyone. Side quests are a great opportunity to lay out potential activities that some of your kids are going to go on. And that is okay that some of your kids are going to go on. That's, that's totally fine. Open world games provide more time in game, right? Because of the open world structure, you actually tend to be willing to be captivated, right? And, and explore and touch and see what you can find out there. And, and that's kind of exciting. Uh, the other thing is open world games have more optional tasks to do. Again, that's, that's these side quests. In fact, that term side quest came from the video game world. These, they were called side quests because they were totally optional, right? You might be trying to save the princess. That's your overall quest that you're going on. But then while you're doing that, there are these side quests. You bump into somebody and they say, oh, you know, I lost my sheep. And if you could help me find my herd, I would help you out. You don't have to do that. You can still win the game. You can still save the princess without helping this farmer find his sheep. But if you do, maybe he makes <clears throat> the experience that much easier for you. Maybe he gives you some more money so that you could buy a better weapon. Maybe he gives you his father's weapon or something like that that has been sitting around the farm. Who knows? But you could do these optional quests along the way to the major goal. And I think in education, we have this major goal of, you know, graduating K-12 and doing well. Uh, and then there's this idea, can we set sort of more micro goals? And that typically is just the grade you're in, you know, going from sixth to seventh, you know, and then there might be these micro goals of doing well in this unit. I'm saying as a teacher, can we produce a storyline maybe for this unit? Right, And this leans into sort of gamification. And if you look at some of the work that's out there around gamification in your classroom and making a gamified course design. So I'm not talking about using Kahoot. Like that is a gamification tool. I'm talking about scripting a gamification experience for your kids. So put them on teams. Let them feel to, uh, the togetherness. Let them feel the open worldness by offering things like SideQuest. This can feel very overwhelming. Great place to sit arc. I'm going to plug my original book, Explore Like a Pirate. It is a great book to get you started to thinking about how you can design your course a little more game-like. And in there, there's tips for doing it for a lesson, tips for doing it for a unit, tips for doing it for the whole year. At the end of each chapter, there is definitely a sort of build your own game guide. And if you walk through that, I promise you, that's like a workshop built into the book, these end of chapter sort of questions. So don't blow through those. If you really want to design your class game, try to do some of those uh, end of chapter summaries. 
Now, uh, the other thing, all of this leads to more uh, immersive experiences for your students. They feel more connected. They feel greater agency, that they actually have choice. Am I, should I go on this quest? Do I continue to sort of just try to save the princess in my example here? Do I help the farmer? Uh, how might helping the farmer might help me? Like, oof, there's just, the, the game surrounds them. And I have seen that in my class over the years, how fun and exciting it is to have students feel enveloped, literally wrapped in the storyline. And so much of the storyline comes from language. I'm not saying that I've changed my class. You don't go in and there's cobblestone or anything like that. Like my classroom looks like your classroom. I got the, you know, hang in there cat poster on the back wall. Like it, my classroom looks like your classroom. But it's this game structure that's intriguing. They know they can earn XP by going on side quests. They know that they're trying to, together, as a sixth grade, as a period, I call those houses, this house is trying to score the most XP. They score that XP by some in-class activities as well as some bigger side quests they can do, uh, You know, optional tasks that they can do. Uh, there are moments where they're working together and that's amplified by the game they feel it right it's just it's around them it's like a blanket around them and it's so awesome to have this game structure so consider adding that and when you're starting to do this gamified class i would say that for the open world feel we're only talking about things for a unit or even a year-long game. You can't really make an open-world feeling for a day. Maybe you can. If you can, please contact me. Maybe this is a good time to do a plug for connecting via social media. You guys can use the hashtag WellPlayedPodcast. I'd love to hear from you. Maybe, maybe today tell me one of your favorite open-world games. If it happens to be Zelda, I would love that. But if it happens to be another one, let me know. Uh, in board games... They call those sandbox games instead of open world games where there's lots of paths to victory and you can choose to like be your own in this board game. That's kind of fun. I've played some of those. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for those if that sounds interesting. My favorite one that I've probably played is called Zaya. You're uh, a merchant or you, I shouldn't say you are, you have your own spaceship. You're like Han Solo, if you will, in this space environment and you can go trade and be like a uh, ethical sort of trader right like one that's doing it above board and you can be a little more like han solo and trading some bad things around the universe you could be a space pirate and shooting people you could be fighting you know for the revolution or whatever there's just things happening all around you and you can choose what how your character is going to sort of be collecting these points throughout this open worldness is just fun and it's connected. And I see it with my students with the badges and items they earn. They really feel this individualization that they're choosing to gain XP. They're choosing to upgrade in BP. They're choosing to have items that let them break some rules. And it's so cool to see that ownership, that sense of connectedness to the game and to the other students. Now, some of the things that you guys could do and maybe are more familiar with, I would say start, if you've never done this, if you're a brand new teacher, maybe start with choice boards choice boards is just this idea you know like of giving people like nine options maybe tell them they have to do two or three of the nine options that might give them a sense of that open world uh it's definitely lacking a lot of the game elements but it might be the great place for you to start so uh, i wanted to kind of end with that choice board idea uh 
And as we continue uh, exploring uh, options and things we can do in our classrooms, as always, I'd love for you to be part of this well-played community. Please share your ideas and your thoughts using the hashtag wellplayedpodcast. And if you want to tag me at Mr. Matera on Twitter or at Mr. Matera EDU on Instagram, love to hear from you. And truly check out emc2learning.com. So many awesome resources to help you gamify your course. And if that's not your thing, we have hundreds of resources that are just these awesome activities you can run in your classroom that is going to highlight your content, excite your students, and sort of put the pep back in your step. All right, everybody, have a good day and play on.